All right, Mitch, you were you were dancing the whole time, but and and Jared, I think you said, just "Hold on, it. Nick," right before I pushed you live. Which whatever the hold on, I mean, you can say now, but uh, it's always how they oh, go. Yeah, Jared, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, uh, and then Mitch, I'll go to you because uh, yeah. I like understanding the journey, uh, and I think it sets up our discussion really nicely. But Jared, what's uh, what's your franchise story? How do you how do you fall into franchising? Yeah, you know, franchising was not uh, an easy decision in our business journey. I'll tell you what, we uh, started a place at home in 2012 uh, over a year of preparation to launch in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, the discussion of how to grow was one that we started having day one. Uh, franchising was was not, uh, at least in my eyes, the very first method of, of how we would grow. To me, it seemed like the path that all the other companies were taking. And I wanted to try a different path, um, maybe the one least taken. Uh, but over the years and uh, understanding and, and knowing what uh, a place at home had to offer, uh, we knew we wanted to expand and provide that across the country. Uh, through years of deliberation and uh, research, uh, we found that having a franchise system would help to ensure we gave the best possible care. We'd have owners that had buy-in to the, you know, to their location, to their caregivers, to their clients that are willing to help and do what it takes to own the business. Um, we didn't necessarily see that level of commitment from somebody hired to manage. And so that's how we decided to franchise is we wanted that extra uh, level of commitment from our owners and therefore having that extra level of care uh, for our seniors. Jared, go back one more inch. If you didn't, before you decided to franchise, did you understand what franchising was? Did you understand the complexities of it? Um, had a fairly good understanding of franchising and what it was. Um, got the understanding from years in, in business college, actually. And, uh, you know, while getting my uh, undergraduate, um, franchising didn't have the best kind of connotations around it. So we had professors saying, you're going to lose control. You're going to lose profits. Why would you not just want to go for the 15, 20% net margins versus the four to 6% royalties that you're going to get? Um, so some of that formed a lot of the reasons why I wasn't um, immediately okay with going into franchising is because you know, basically in business college, you, you don't really learn that franchising is the right way to, to grow. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting. I'm always fascinated by the perspective of what franchising is. And even even you could go further back to when you're you're a teenager on what it is. And <laughs> there's there's two areas that I think have set the tone and I'll give a comment on the professor in a second. But um, one is McDonald's what was special about it early stages was it was celebrated that there's an owner operator that you knew this was Nick's McDonald's in the community. And Nick was very proud of, of owning the McDonald's and everybody knew that this, this person invested their life savings into owning the business. And then as time went on, it just turned into, it's the brand. Like you, it's, it's a brand. It's not owner operator. Mm. Second thing, if you look at, look back at like everybody's checks, how employees are paid, Usually, I would say McDonald's DBA of insert brand on the on the bottom of it, and so to the employee, they're like, uh, that he basically just works for for the brand, and they don't they don't understand the the layers there. And then you get up to 
to professors who it's, it's always fascinated me that it's a, the backseat quarterbacks. They're always willing to tell you how business works. And then you're like, okay, yeah. what have you done? And very, very few of them have actually done anything, but you take all this perception. And now when you're making a decision to get this business going in a different route, you, you got to navigate through all of that to say, well, wait a second, but we're, we're actually going to be able to take a vision that we've built and give human beings opportunity to be a part of this. Yes, they're going to invest their life savings into it, but in exchange for that, they're not going to have to start something from scratch. And we've built all of these processes and foundations that is going to make them successful. And so such a beautiful thing, but I'm always intrigued by what the perception was before that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, uh, it was interesting to me and something that, um, you know, myself and, and, and Dustin DeStefano um, have had, you know, further conversations on and even tried to involve some of the IFA and, you know, having better education and understanding within the education industry <laughs> and, you know, and especially at the collegiate level as what is franchising and, and the need to have more courses around it. Yeah. Mitch, what's, uh, what's your franchise story? How did you get, how did you fall into this, uh, into this industry? Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I've, been watching some of your your videos that you've done so far and a lot of folks you know didn't start here or even really realize that it was an industry uh, that's that was my experience right uh my best friend growing up his parents were kfc franchisees uh, and i thought it was super cool they had great chicken and they even had commercials on tv i mean wow that's super cool i didn't travel a whole lot you know when i was growing up and they were running that business and i remember the first time i saw another kfc and I'm like, Thomas, do your parents, or do they own that one? And he's just like, I don't think so, but I don't really know. <laughs> and we were both unaware of really what was happening. And it was only till much later did I realize that this is an industry and they were franchisees there. Uh, continue to operate that business in my hometown. Uh, and it was just, I think about that a lot now, having been in the middle of it and consumed by so much of what we get to do in the industry. Uh, it really has opened my eyes. Um, but no, it, it had never been... Uh, a, a focus of mine, even entrepreneurship. I didn't, wasn't surrounded by that other than, you know, some examples I didn't quite understand, you know, <laughs> and, but had been surrounded by a lot of storytellers, salespeople, uh, and those folks who were creating relationships with others. So, um, that journey took me through a lot of different sales positions that were really exciting, taught me a lot of how to communicate with people, to communicate value and try to get to what they want through guitars, which is my passion outside of, of work here, uh, making sure everybody has an instrument they can turn up real loud is an important thing to me. Uh, but ultimately, a product was a product and it was exciting. But when I got the chance to see a LinkedIn ad to start talking about you know senior care franchising, the first person who stopped me was my mom, who had been in the healthcare industry forever in an administrative role. And she's just like, Mitchell, do you know where I work? You know, I was like, well, yeah, you work at the Norfolk Veterans Home. She's like, do you know who lives there? And seniors who need care, who are veterans. You're literally entering my industry. I'd be so happy to see you uh, follow this path. And she's been a huge supporter of me so far. Uh, so to her, she, the franchise still, you know, we're getting over there, you know, understanding that, but she absolutely was, was a big supporter of getting into care and then having heard, of course, what Jared and Dustin had built years before that, uh, was exciting. Uh, but it didn't hurt that I transitioned roles in June, 2020, uh, was very excited to get a job at that time. Not everybody had <laughs> that opportunity. So I was very excited to come on and have been with, with us for about three years. 
first franchising role and i'm just i'm so excited to be here <laughs> jared what's the what's the state of the union with the brand what's the vision for the brand yeah well this year we have surpassed um our goals uh, we're actually on track to have kind of checked the box of our three-year goal um you know perhaps by the end of the year for a number of, of new units across the system through both current and new uh, franchisees. So that's been huge for us. Um, but we always uh, continue to put time and energy and effort into making sure that our owners' lives are easier and we give them the tools that they need to be successful. So utilize, utilizing technology, uh, utilizing AI, um, even uh, virtual assistants and, and workers from other countries to help uh, with costs and just all around uh, what we can do to make our you know owners even better business owners. Are you proud of the journey so far? Can you pause and look back and say this has been pretty cool? Absolutely. No, it um, it, it really has been uh, quite a journey, and very thankful of. Just all the people who have been a part of it and all of our franchise owners. Uh, we have a really tight-knit group and it continues to grow, uh, but we continue to bring people around us that have the same values, uh, have that kind of work hard, play hard culture, um, and that you know they know that we're going to do what it takes to help them to be successful. So that's been awesome. And, you know, the, the owners, they're more than just franchisees. They're, they're friends. You know, we know them. We know their family. Um, and we try to be a part of the whole thing. So very grateful for all those experiences and, and, and new relationships and kind of everyone working together to, to grow. Um, you know, you don't really get a chance all that often to step back and kind of look at things and, and where you had come from. I was just kind of looking forward. Um, so I, I continue to look more forward, uh, but there's definitely some key kind of points uh, throughout, you know, starting the business, even before franchising that, you know, we're very impactful and, uh, you know, individual client testimonials and um, just some of the uh, experiences that we've had, even with the uh, our clients or seniors, family members and allowing them to, to have the kind of respite they need or the kind of time they need to, to do other things in their life other than be a caregiver. So some very personal kind of uh, examples of, uh, of care itself. And then, you know, with franchise owners, just, just so many experiences one after another of people who maybe never thought they could be a business owner and now thriving uh, and being a part of that and, and being a part of that, that journey and success with them. So it's been, it's been awesome. Mitch, my, uh, my franchise story has some similarities to, to yeah. your life. Uh, I showed up uh, at a PR firm in Chicago uh, with a leather jacket and hoop earrings and a red Mustang because I was a rock star journalist. And I was like, I, got, I get paid no money. I got to take a job in PR. So I'll make, I'll make the change. And I took this job. But what I fell in love with, um, and it, it happened fairly fast. Uh, I start interviewing franchise owners and I realize that they've invested their life savings into not only a business that they are going to have very to little control over, um, but they've had to go through two things. One, they had to build some wealth. Um, mm -hmm. And then secondly, they had to make a, a big decision to make a career shift. And so when I started talking to franchisees early on, not, not completely understanding what a franchisee is, 
uh, I fell in love with them because I thought they were rock stars. Their, their stories of overcoming a hurdle were the same as the rock stars that built great music. What did you fall in love with when you started learning more about the franchise owner? I think it's a really good question. You know, there's there's an element of, of course, being a rock star, knowing, you know, that what such confidence in your decision, right? Uh, and having heard so many stories from folks who went through that same life journey, right? Where they're thinking of their kids growing up and their families, and what they want to do with their community and a security of working for somebody else forever. It's what I had known all around me for quite some time. And yet they're considering this huge shift. And of course there's fear, there's questions to be answered there, but there's just this core confidence that says, when I get up on the stage, I'm going to rock it out. People are going to be looking at me and it's time. I've been looking at them forever. And when they do, I'm going to, I'm going to rise to the occasion and just knock it out of the park. You know, and you can hear that in someone's voice and it's just, it's electrifying. It just kind of it magnetizes them and you want to go support them, cheer for them, be that person in the crowd, spotting that light on them and just saying, yeah, you, you can get on stage and rock it. And everyone wants to see you do well. Your family does, your kids do, your community wants that. Your caregivers, the folks you in our industry connect with clients who need your help are all there, part of that experience. And you can hear it from the first call. Though there's a lot to go through, there's always going to be that through line of like, I'm, I'm ready for this. And when I hear that on, on phone calls, sending them up to Jared for later conversations, that's what gets me really excited to see them, you know, get to the show and actually do it. Love it. Jared, if I think about the, the process of what you're touching on as, as a business, uh, life, aging, and death, which all come with significant complexities. Mm. When I'm looking at your screen right now, I see two childhood friends. And if you think about how do you navigate the challenges of, of life, aging, and death, you tend to rely on those around you. Mm. That that starting point and how it's related back to the business and some of the core values is that part of the magic of what you're doing is you're is you're providing the support to the people that are going through no matter what it, it could be the most traumatic thing that they're going to go through in their in their life or it could be a traumatic thing that they're going to have to figure out how do they navigate past and get get over with time is some of the fundamentals of the way that you guys had a relationship when you're creating the business relates now into how you're helping uh, families? Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's um, Dust and I, as you see here, we've been friends since fourth grade. We have a tight knit group of friends that, uh, you know, we, we continue to, to be really good friends with. We've been in each other's weddings. It's, you know, we have their back, uh, they have ours. And we've definitely brought that mentality forward. Um, and I would hope not only to our franchisees, but to our corporate office and uh, those who work with us every day. Um, you know, as long as someone knows that you're there to to do what it takes to to help them out and give them the tools to succeed, um, you know, that's going to help them get through those tough life circumstances. And in this case, it could be a family member in, in need, or it could be. Um, you know, a franchise owner who's struggling with the area within their business that you're going to be there for. So, um, you know, that kind of we got your back mentality, I, I would say is something that's definitely been ingrained in, in us and that we, we continue to, to take forward. Mitch, when you're trying to articulate what the point of differentiation is with a place at home, 
how do you say you guys stand out in the in the crowded marketplace? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a recent example uh, gets at something that I've been trying to express in a lot of different ways. Something we kind of touched on here, given a childhood friendship that spawns this business. And does that feel like the culture a franchisee buys into? Um, a recent Discovery Day visit with a candidate coming to see our operating location uh, was essentially expressed that they looked at a multiple franchises looking for points of differentiation. And as they were calling their franchise development reps of these other brands, they were routed through any number of call trees and sent to a voicemail, given a ticket, all of this kind of, you know, complex salesery, if you will. Uh, and eventually they got to a place at home. The phone rang, somebody picked it up and said, Hey, I'd like to talk about, you know, buying a franchise. And they say, Jared, phone's for you, you know, and there he is on the other side of the office. And Jared comes on, Hey, it's president, co-founder. How can I help you? And they're like, are you serious? Is this a joke? They're like, I don't understand that I could have one call and be talking to the heart of the leadership. And Jared's like, yep, that's uh, that's me. That what, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk. You know, that kind of directness um, is something we lean into, especially at this point of a franchise or growth. Uh, we're in an industry that's, that's unfortunately common to a lot of families. And so the services tend to blend together. Not going to lie. There's a lot of that. But what we tend to differentiate with is the experience with our franchisees. You're going to see it. You're going to see that kind of closeness that is not a bunch of tubes connecting to finally get you to somebody. You get to the heart of what Jared and Dustin have built very quickly. So two, two main comments there. One is uh, at the beginning of last year, we took all the franchise operators that we speak to on a regular basis and we profile them around their own openings or signings when we're doing PR for them. Mm-hmm. And we asked them two, two questions around what pushes you over the edge and the real the final answer is only two things it's the business model clearly i need to know that i can what i invest in i can get a return for um but what they put above that is is culture and jared when you were just talking you said we have your back and mitch when you were talking you you talked about accessibility to a team from where i'm standing i think you guys have a tremendous opportunity i can see it i can see it in the video that plays behind this message but your message is not coming out and, and saying, one, we, we we have your back, and two, look at the culture of what we've built around here, that, that we are a family of, of operators. And so when I'm looking at a brand, I, I agree with you. It's it's going to be very hard to find a point of differentiation in, in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but you can often find that in the culture. And so you have it. I, if, if, if I bought your business tomorrow, I would, I would absolutely put that message front and center as the first message that I see when I look at the business opportunity. Any comments on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it strikes me as as ways to further just kind of get what you when you're surrounded by something so awesome, it can it could be hard to step out of that and give someone an opportunity to see it for the first time. Uh, not unlike the show, the rock star metaphor we're using here, when you're in it the whole time, folks just come and they're in awe of the show. It's not always communicated the best way, but it ought to be. And it ought to be in multiple ways, you know, not just through phone calls or through eventual visits, but, you know, uh, social media posts that share team building events and support from corporate staff sharing what's happening at the local level. There's a lot of ways to give that kind of presence of culture and family, um, which needs to come first. Right. There's all this kind of building business, as you see on the screen. Right. 
use this proven process to build that business. But as you mentioned too, that's like the second answer, right? We need that too. But let's let's also know that what we're buying into is is a supportive family, and that just is something that should always be a well you draw from to get more information, video, comments, stories told. Um, Jared was telling me just the other day of our franchisees saying, look, it's just, it's a simple opportunity. All you do is tell stories of your franchisees. You just do that enough. And eventually you build that storyline of the folks doing it out in the field. Jared, I want to, I want to close on this. There's, yeah. a, there's a ghost candidate. They're looking at this. They've listened to us. Uh, they're thinking about making the decision to fill out that form. What else do you want them to know about this opportunity that they may have not heard so far? So um, we have what, what we call senior focused care. So it is most certainly a differentiator in our service lines and how we utilize multiple service lines to kind of really penetrate in a competitive market and go to some of those same referral sources that everybody else is going to with a different message. And so that message very much is that we're going to work together to help each other, uh, both through staffing needs, as well as helping to improve their occupancy through different assisted living communities, and then to the consumer uh, by utilizing uh, not only in-home care services, but the ability to help navigate them through the home care continuum, uh, as well as outside of the home kind of medical needs. So we do bring something different to the table. Uh, if you're looking at other in-home care businesses, I would most certainly ask what are the other revenue streams? What other potential uh, ways and solutions do you offer to your clients out there? Because we have uh, a very succinct system and, and it definitely is is different. Love it. Well, Jared and Mitch, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. Obviously, you're doing some great things. Um, but if anybody's thinking about this opportunity, websites on the screen, uh, you can find the two of these guys all over the web on, on LinkedIn primarily. Uh, for Jared and Mitch, I'm Nick. This is another episode of Meet the Zor. <laughs>